today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Here in this section, Jesus is laying a core value for the church. And that core value is humility. Jesus states, if you do this, you will be blessed. Hello? You will be blessed. Church, did you catch that? If you humble yourself, you, we, will be blessed. That's a promise of God. Humility is essential to living as Jesus did. Pastor Eric teaches us today that even when Jesus knew the hour of his death was soon to come, he was willing to humble himself and clean the feet of his disciples. We too must be willing to go above and beyond so that we can share with others the love of Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 13 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. The enemy of Jesus is the devil. Judas was just a vessel that the devil used to betray Jesus. But we know that even in that heart of betrayal, God still got the glory. Amen? Amen. Jesus knew all things had been given to him by the Father, and that he came from God, and that he knew that he was going to God. And with this knowledge, Jesus then rose from the table, set aside his garments, filled a basin with water, and girded himself with a towel and began to wash the feet of the disciples. Jesus was sent from God, and he was going to God. And yet, Jesus took on the role of a servant, the lowest form of a servant, a bondservant. Looking at what a bondservant is, in verse 16, we'll see it here in a little bit, but... Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. That word servant is the word doulos in the Greek, which means slave or bondman. A bondservant would be devoted to another to the disregard of his or hers interests. Jesus was modeling that. He was setting forth this example to his disciples. So let's step back and see what Jesus is doing here. What is, what is Jesus doing in these first five verses? Well, let me tell you. It's the night before Jesus goes to the cross to die. If you or I knew that we were going to die tomorrow, more than likely our flesh would make everything today about who? Me. Naturally, man is very selfish. Jesus, having man form, denied the flesh, and he served. He took on the lowest form of a bondservant. Wasn't concerned about himself, but he was concerned about continually teaching and pouring into the guys that are around him. Loving them. Jesus put his own interests aside so that he could serve the disciples, but not only serve the disciples, ultimately serving his Father who is in heaven. But not only is Jesus serving his disciples here, he is also training them. He is training them. He's training them for the work that they will be doing 40 plus days from this point. 
40 plus days, he is training them to do the work, continue the work in the ministry of his father. And we will see that here in the next few weeks as we look at these lessons that Jesus teaches, that he, he is equipping these men to do a mighty work. He tells them, give you a little preview, that he's not going to leave them alone, that he's going to send them a helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. But here Jesus is training, serving and training. Here's something to remember. Jesus came to this earth not only to pay the price for sin, but he also came to set the example of how a disciple of God should live. Jesus then, washing the feet of the disciples, even the feet of his betrayer, Jesus then now comes to Peter, and that's where we pick up again, verse 6 through 11. Then he came to Simon, Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to, be, only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So Jesus then comes to Peter, and Peter was the... the Probably, we can say that he's probably the most outspoken disciple, right? Because remember in John chapter 6, verse 69, Peter declared Jesus as Lord. He declared him as Lord to everyone around. Where shall we go? You're the Lord. So Jesus is ready to wash Peter's feet, and Peter says, Are you washing my feet? Remembering that Peter had acknowledged Jesus as Lord. Lord, are you washing my feet? Now, do you think that Peter thought he was too good to get his feet washed? No, I don't think so. The issue is is that he believed that Jesus is Lord, and why is the Lord washing his feet? With this belief that he believed that Jesus is Lord... Peter was not going to have the Lord wash his feet. That's just not right. No, what? God, you're washing my feet? No, 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 no. That's, that's not how it works. Peter tells Jesus, you are not washing my feet. And the way that Jesus responds to Peter was a rebuke. In love... If I don't wash your feet, then you don't have any part with me. If you don't let me serve you, then you have no part with me. If you don't let me do this, you're not a part of me. Painful words, huh? Hearing the words saying, if I do not wash you, then you have no part of me. 
Peter and the disciples had no clue why Jesus was washing their feet. And Jesus said that to Peter. He says, you don't understand this, but you will after this. You will understand. And here in a little bit, we'll see why Jesus was washing their feet. But let's look at what Jesus said. If I do not wash you, then you have no part with me. Wash literally means to be cleansed. I believe that the Lord is communicating two very important things here in our text. Number one, there's a spiritual lesson. And number two, there's a physical lesson. Looking at the spiritual lesson, Jesus is perfect. Would we all agree with this? Jesus is perfect. He was without sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us this. But here on the flip side, man is not perfect. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes. It's going to be on the screen. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. There's not a just man on earth. (laughs) Man and women are flawed with sin. This means that every one of us sitting in this room is going through sin or has sinned. The definition for sin is this, to miss the mark. Uh, What is the mark that we're missing? The mark of God's righteousness and holiness. Peter was also included in this list. (laughs) Not only Peter, but all the disciples even the Apostle Paul, every man and woman. And Jesus understood this, and he tells Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. See, here's the thing, my friends. Jesus has the ability to wash and cleanse you and has the authority to wash and cleanse you of your sin. Speaking about the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 22, Paul gives his testimony uh, and it says, Ananias told me this in Acts twenty two sixteen. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's what Ananias was telling Paul. As Paul came to the road of Damascus, he had this crazy experience with the Lord Jesus. And then God sends Ananias to him, and Ananias says this, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Which leads us to the next question. How can I have my sins washed away? Calling on the name of the Lord. (laughs) The Lord being who? Jesus. The word call in Acts literally means call upon by pronouncing the name of Jehovah. Literally meaning that. That's what that call in Acts 22 means. Literally calling upon the name of Jehovah, God. Oh, this is brilliant because this section again reveals that Jesus is God. Remember, this is the major theme in the book of John, that Jesus is God. So Paul states, if you want your sins washed away, you must call on the name of the Lord. Again, the word call is pointing to Jehovah, a.k.a. God, a.k.a. Jesus. And Jesus tells Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Peter, if you don't call upon me, God, you have no part with me. 
why would Peter not be part of Jesus? Because Jesus is God, and God cannot allow sin into his heaven. The Bible says this in James 2, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. I'm guilty. You're guilty. Peter, if you're not washed, you cannot be in heaven because one sin will keep you away from God. God, knowing this, sent Jesus to wash man and women from all their sins by his blood. You are cleansed. Amen. God, knowing this, sent Jesus. Now most people hear the gospel and they understand it. They know that they know that God sent Jesus. They know John 3.16. But when it comes to the point of letting Jesus wash them, this is where the problem comes in. This is where the difficulty comes in. They believe that they need to be cleaned up before they let Jesus wash them. Oh, I can't. Oh, man, it's great. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he's Lord. I believe that he was raised from the dead. But I'm too dirty. Hmm. If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Now, I, I got to clean up. You know, I got I to gotta clean up. Well, <laughs> newsflash, Jesus wants you dirty. <laughs> Come as you are, O sinful man. Jesus will clean you. After hearing Jesus' response, Peter then tells Jesus, man, wash my head, my whole body, man. I need you. I need you, Jesus. I want to be with you. I'm dirty, man, not just my feet, my whole body. Jesus tells Peter that that's not necessary. Why? Because, Peter, you're clean. Remember that Peter confessed Jesus is Lord back in John. Jesus makes mention but not everyone is clean. Well, who is he speaking of? Judas. Jesus wants to cleanse us from our iniquities. Now, verses 12 through 17, you're going to see the flip side of the corn now too, the, the other side of the lesson, the physical lesson. Verse 12 through 17 states this, So when, they, when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Remember, he said that they would know. In verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Verse 12 indicates that Jesus completed the washing of the feet of the disciples. And so he asked them, do you know what I have done to you? He goes on to say, you call me teacher, you call me Lord, and you are right in calling me these. But since you are calling me teacher and Lord, you ought to do these things to others. 
Jesus indicates that a servant is not greater than their master. Well, Lord meaning master. So he is saying, you call me Lord, you call me master. Here I am washing your feet. You ought to do the same. You're not greater than the Lord. Jesus indicates that a servant is not greater than a master. I have given you the example and you should do this. So then Jesus wraps up his lesson to the disciples and says, blessed are you if you do these. So here in our final section, we look at the physical lesson. Jesus is communicating to the disciples the need to operate, ready for this one, in humility. To operate in humility. Jesus was not only telling his disciples that he was washing away their sins, but now he's instructing them how they should conduct themselves from here on out. Foot washing is a very humbling experience. You are scrubbing the dirt, the dead skin off of people's feet. We were in Goodwill. And they had those nail salon booths, you know, where the ladies or men, whatever, sit in these chairs and get their feet washed and cleansed and all that. I'm like, hey, Nicole, how about we get some of these? And she's like, how about we don't? And I'm like, oh, because it was just gross. I mean, I just, just imagining the washing and cleansing of the foot. And feet can get pretty nasty and dirty. Very humbling. But yet, here the Lord is washing the feet of sinful man. Jesus suggests that we also act in humility. What, like washing feet? Well, disciple, yes. Oh, I bet some of you guys right now are thinking, oh, great, he's going to have us wash each other's feet. I'm not. Not today. But I am going to encourage you, though, to be humble just as Jesus is encouraging you to be. Jesus was preparing these men for the work of the ministry, to continue on the work of God in this world. These men were the early church leaders. The mission that was given to the church was go, therefore, and make disciples. And the only way to accomplish this mission is by humility. Not focusing on self, but humbling self to the will and command of Jesus Christ. Here in this section, Jesus is laying a core value for the church. And that core value is humility. Jesus states, if you do this, you will be blessed. Hello? You will be blessed. Church, did you catch that? If you humble yourself... You, we, will be blessed. That's a promise of God. And God comes through with his promises, amen? So how can we as a church act in humility? First, I believe it is important to define the word humility. Humility is defined as having a humble opinion of oneself, a deep sense of one's moral littleness. How can we as a church act in humility? Well, let me start by saying you are the church. 
individually. Therefore, humble thyself, putting your personal pride aside. Paul stated this thought in this way in Galatians 2.20, the second half of it, says this, The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He's living it by faith in the Son of God. Earlier in Galatians 2.20, he says, It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Paul is saying, I'm choosing to be humble in my flesh and letting the Son of God live through me. Oftentimes, we as a church think life is about us. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. How can we as a church act in humility? Take the focus off yourself. By doing this, here's the picture. As an individual church, that's you, by the way, individual church, that's you. If you act in humility, you then are a humble individual church. And when you come together with other individual humble churches, you make up a corporate humble church. If we want to uh, participate in a corporate church that is humble, mirrored after the example Jesus set forth, then the individual church needs to be humble. It's that simple. Notice I didn't say it's that easy. Because dying to pride in self is not easy. Do you want to be part of a humble corporate church? One that is mirrored after Jesus? I do. Humble yourself. By doing so as an individual church and us as a corporate church coming together as individual humble churches, then Jesus says what? You will be blessed. You will be blessed. So what have we learned thus far in lessons in the night from Jesus? Jesus cleanses us from our dirtiness, a.k.a. sins. Jesus then has taught us to humble ourselves, that it's not about us, but it's about continuing doing the will of God. Jesus is asking the individual church, which is you, to humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And as we come together as a corporate church, we then will be humble because the individual church is humble. Since he did it, you and I should do it. Because a servant is not greater than his master. This week, I encourage you to tell someone about Jesus. However that looks, however that is, Because when's the last time you did this? When's the last time? It's all about him. His return is drawing near. He's being long-suffering and patient because he desires all to come to repentance. All. Pastor Eric Kluth's message today gave us a greater insight into the incredible life that Jesus led in his time here on earth. His life and death are the basis of the Christian faith, And we hope you've been encouraged in your faith by what you heard today. 
As we close this edition of Grace to the Hearers, we'd like to tell you how you can receive a free copy of today's message. Simply send an email to info at gracetothehearers.com and be sure to include today's date and where we can send you a CD. You can also call us at 520-723-7047 to speak to us in person. That number again is 520-723-7047. Be sure to visit our website as well to discover more about Grace to the Hearers, Pastor Eric, and what our goal is with this ministry. We'd also like to ask that you consider partnering with us in prayer as we continue to expand this ministry. Grace to the Hearers and other ministries like it are valuable tools that God is using to further His kingdom on earth. And we feel that God is calling us to reach more and more people with this broadcast. Would you join us in praying for this ministry and the people who are hearing Pastor Eric's messages? We are incredibly blessed to be able to share God's Word with you already. And we would be honored to have you interceding for us as well. From all of us on the broadcasting team, we want to say thank you for listening today. Join us again as we continue our deeper look at the book of John, next time on Grace to the Hearers. 